athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Welcome to another edition of the program. I am your host, Donald Ware. The time is passing by. The year is going by so fast. We're already in the month of May. NBA playoffs, hot and heavy right now. We're going to talk NBA playoffs today here on the program. We can talk Lakers, Warriors, what a series that is and what a matchup between your stars, LeBron James and Steph Curry. We can talk that. We can also talk about some of the other series. The Knicks and the Heat is a pretty good series with Game 3 going to be in Miami on Saturday. That's a pretty good series. The Knicks are very fortunate, really, to win a Game 2 in New York without Jimmy Butler. The Jimmy Butler injury is certainly an issue. And you know if Jimmy Butler had played in that game. I mean, well, you don't know, but you got, you know, my thought is if Jimmy Butler plays in that game, then the, the Heat probably win that basketball game. But, I mean, we've got some really compelling series. Um, you can look at uh, Denver and Phoenix where that series is. Uh, you can look at the Celtics and the 76ers and where that series is. I mean, Joel and B come back for game two. I, I watched a little bit of that. You I, For me, in watching that game, I could tell that even, even see the thing about the Celtics and we saw this in the Atlanta series the Celtics are kind of lackadaisical and they played that way and you could even 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 though they've been lackadaisical I could still tell I probably turned it off like sometime and turned away from it uh, the game two sometime in the third quarter it, it just felt like the Celtics were going to win that game Embiid has to come back he has to get his legs under him all of those kind of things uh, during game two and I think it was the right move to definitely play him to allow for him to get back but now that series is where it is and so we can talk a little bit more about that series as well National Football League draft and it seems like we talk about this year end and year out it's very very unfortunate but only one just one HBCU player taken in last in uh, last week's National Football League draft uh, the National Football League should be embarrassed uh, by that because, and I'm going to talk about this. I know when you look at the league, the league is trying to tout what it's doing, and it's got an HBCU combine and all of these things. Yet, as I as I wrote last year, and as I've written in previous years, the National Football League would prefer HBCU players to sign free agent deals. 
because we continued. We saw one player get drafted, but we're gonna con- you're gonna continue to hear, okay, uh, for the next several months, really, another uh, HBCU player signing an undrafted free agent deal, right? So look, I mean, it's it's just it's old at this point. It's an unfortunate thing, but it's something we're gonna talk about today here on the program. If you want to join us here today on the show, hit me up on my personal Twitter account at dware one at dware one I look forward to hearing from you guys. And really, throughout the course of the week, if it's something uh, that you want to talk about, you've got a topic on your mind, uh, whether it's related to sports, whether it's HBCU sports, NBA, whatever it may be, if it's pop culture, we know you know we like to do a lot of pop culture things here uh, on the show. You can hit me up at dware one at dware one throughout the course of the week as well. So let's talk some uh, of the lack of HBCU players being drafted into the National Football League draft. So Isaiah Bolden, cornerback for Jackson State, drafted in the sixth round by the New England Patriots. Okay, 245th pick overall, the only player taken in the National Football League draft. You go back to last year, four players were taken, uh, including uh, Joshua Williams, who was taken in the fourth round. And listen, he was an integral part, an integral part of that Kansas City secondary and ended up being part of the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs out of Fayetteville State, no, no less. Okay, four players taken, 2021 Zero players taken. 2020, uh, just one player taken. So you're talking about a total of six players that have been drafted from HBCUs in the last four years in the National Football League draft. Let me give you this stat, okay? And I thought what was interesting, Troy Brown, uh, or excuse me, Troy, uh, 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 Troy Vincent, who is the operations director for the National Football League. He wrote an op-ed piece, okay, last year in the Fayetteville Observer, out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. He wrote an op-ed piece basically bragging about, and he was talking about, he, 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 he sort of made it out to HBCU players. There's, a, there's so much in your future. There's a lot on the horizon for HBCU players as it relates to the National Football League. And remember now, this was after just four play. Like it was almost like he was singing the praises that four players were drafted last year. We've gone. We, there have been years when double digit players were drafted. And it's been several years, but there's been years that double digit players were drafted. But again, he wrote this piece as sort of to me. This is how I took it. And, I, I, and, and to be honest with you, I hadn't seen this piece. I didn't see it last year. Uh, and I, I guess I don't I don't read the Fayetteville Observer a whole lot, to be honest with you. And, and you know, I, ju- I just don't. And we're I mean, I live like from Fayetteville, like, you know, 35 minutes. So I, I, pro- I need to do a better job of that. But I mean, at the end of the day, he wrote this piece, an op ed piece. It was more and he, he talked about, OK, four players were drafted, but he mentioned th- like 32 were signed as free agents as if. That's something to be proud of. Like four players drafted, 32 players signed free agent deals. Listen to this stat, okay? Five of those 32 players that were uh, signed as free agents were 
on the 53-man roster when the season started. Okay, that's one more player than was drafted. That's nothing to, listen, that's nothing to, that's nothing to brag about, okay? It's nothing to brag about at all, right? Um, and as I wrote last year, okay, if you can sign these players, because there are guarantees when you get drafted for every player. Now, you there are some guarantees for, uh, I think the thing about being an, an undrafted free agent, there are a couple of advantages, um, one, you get to go to the team in a lot of respects. You get to pick the team that you'd like to go to and not necessarily the, pick the team you'd like to go to, but you have a choice of teams that you can go to. Okay, that's one thing. And the other thing is there is some money. There is some money that is involved when you sign a free agent contract. But when you're drafted, there is a structure. It's structured in terms of the amount of money that you get when you sign the contract as a signing bonus. So it behooves you from a financial standpoint um, a lot of times to to be drafted. Okay. Um, but again, there's an HBCU combine that the National Football League puts on. And here's another thing about the HBCU combine, Right. Isaiah Bolden, the only player, the only HBCU player that was drafted, okay, he didn't even participate in the HBCU combine. So what makes it worse is that the players that participated in the HBCU combine, none of them were drafted, not one. Okay, now you could you could make the argument back to me. Well, maybe there's not the talent pool at HBCUs to warrant HBCU players being drafted. And, and, and maybe in years past, but we'll stick specifically to this draft. Well, I will counter that, okay? Uh, I will counter it in, in, in a couple of different ways. A, if you could have five uh, players that were, un, that, signed un, that, that were undrafted that signed free agent deals, and made 53-man rosters opposed to just four players that were drafted, I mean, that's number. the numbers speak to the talent level at HBCUs. Number two, I'll look at a guy like an Isaiah Land, who was part of this year's draft class, had all the requisite numbers. Uh, you talk about one of the best players in the FCS the last couple of years was the FCS and Willie Davis HBCU National Player of the Year. In 2021, he had like 25 tackles for loss. He had like 19 sacks. Unbelievable numbers. The production maybe not as good this time around, but I think a lot of that uh, was because he was getting double teamed. And you remember the whole FAMU fiasco with uh, a lot of players not being eligible. Well, um, and not because they didn't have the grades, but they just weren't certified. I think that's the better way to say it. And Isaiah Land was one of those players missed out on playing against Carolina I mean I, that's I mean that that doesn't have anything to do with the National Football League but all I'm saying is that guy produced let me give you another example James Houston we talk about you know most of these guys are late round draft picks like last year three of your four players well all four players were late rounds because you're talking about rounds four through seven even though Joshua Williams was drafted in the fourth round well I look at a guy like a Joshua Williams a who was an integral part uh, of 
the Chiefs, where he was drafted in the fourth round. Let me give you a six-round player. Let's look at James Houston the fourth, the problem as he's known, right? You heard him. He came on the program back in December last year, if you remember. Uh, was cut on August 30th, re-signed to the Lions on August 31st, didn't play his first game till Thanksgiving, where he registered in that game two sacks against the Buffalo Bills. Then proceeded to register in the eight he played in eight and played in six games registered at least a sack in five of those games registered three sacks in one game finished the season with eight sacks in six games okay and now it's going to be a great part of that Detroit defense now everybody talks about how how the Lions didn't do great in the draft and they drafted a running back and they moved down to the, and all those kind of moved up or whatever the I can't remember I think they moved, may have moved they may have moved um may have moved uh back whatever they did I don't I don't remember off the top of my head at the end of the day a lot of people slammed Detroit's draft class okay they got an excellent defense and one of the pieces on that defense is James Houston out of Jackson State who was a sixth round draft pick. So don't tell me that there's not talent in the HBCUs uh, when it comes to football. There's no doubt about it. There's plenty of talent. So we'll talk more about the lack of HBCU players drafted into the NFL draft and still to come here on Box to Row. Plenty of NBA talk. As a matter of fact, we're going to be joined by Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media Talks of Memphis Grizzlies, NBA playoffs. Mike Bultenholzer fired as the head coach of the Bucks, and plenty more as Box to Row rolls on. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-201-1478 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-201-1478 now for your free quote. That's 800-201-1478. 
on last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. D.C. Defenders head coach Reggie Barlow. How did this opportunity come about? You were the head coach at Virginia State having some success. The next thing I know, you were named the head coach of the D.C. Defenders. I guess we said enough for them to say, hey, let's give this guy a try. And I'm so grateful for the XFL. It's the league of opportunities. More people, minorities, females, are getting opportunities to really show uh, that they can be a team operation, that they can be a director of player personnel, or they can be a head coach. So uh, this has been really good. It's been rewarding. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. This segment of the program is brought to you by Live Natural. Live Natural offers men and women solutions to defeat erectile dysfunction and vaginal dryness. The newly developed Alpha Omega 7 reformulated from Alpha RX Plus, Fertility Candy, and Eve's Alpha 8 All natural products proven to be effective without side effects. Live Natural products come with a money-back guarantee and a 97% success rate. Learn more at live-natural-7.com. Defeat erectile dysfunction and vaginal dryness. Live Natural. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box 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 to Row. Let's talk some NBA a little bit more in depth here on the program. We're joined by Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media. The Memphis Grizzlies hot these days, even during the second round of the NBA playoffs, which the Grizzlies aren't a part of. But Mike Wallace uh, uh, still doesn't have a whole lot of time on his hands because he's super busy covering the NBA and other things. Joins us here on the program. What's going on, Mike? Hey, everything like you said, man. This is this is a, a, an exciting time of the year. So, you know, a lot going on with the NBA playoffs. Obviously, you know, we just got through with the draft. Um, you know, so we're trying to figure that part of it out. Um, you know, so it's, it's 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 baseball is up and going now, and, and it's vacation time for a lot of us, man. School year's ending up, so we got graduation season and prom season and all of that. So, yeah, never a dull moment. Never a dull moment, D. What's up with the Grizzlies? Like, I, I mean, you're talking about a number two seed that loses to a Lakers team that is in it, you know, gonna, uh, you know, we're going back to, or we're going to LA, I should say, uh, uh, for, for game three of that series between Golden State. But this was a, I mean, this was to me, a disappointing end to the Grizzlies season. Your thoughts? No, that's, that's completely fair. And it's completely shared, you know, even with uh, internally with the organization, you know, one of the things that, you know, I was a part of coming out of the Lakers series with the exit interview process. And, you know, it was a lot of hard words and, and, and realities that had to be faced, you know, when it came to that. So what you heard consistently from the top of the organization all the way through, including players like Ja Morant, um, including players like Dylan Brooks, who, who've been in the crosshairs and have put themselves in some tough situations, talked about accountability. You know what I mean? Talked about taking, you know, a, a hard, frank look at themselves and, and figuring out, look, do we want to talk the talk or do we want to walk the walk, man? And that was a quote coming directly from the head coach, Taylor Jenkins, that, you know, the Grizzlies aren't – okay, for being this, this young, up-and-coming, brash, punkish type team, you got to get out there and execute now. And uh, if you really want to be serious about contending, 
professionally. You got to mature, and I think that's what this this season and that playoff series against the Lakers and this off season uh, is going to drive home to these Grizzlies. And I think they'll be back learning from this and be stronger than they were this past season, and we'll see where it goes from there. You know, I think one of the things that's interesting it happens, you know, across all spectrums. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it's reported that um, pretty much under no circumstances. Will mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks be back with the Grizzlies? And I, I say across all spectrums because, I mean, it, it, it wasn't reported to, you know, well, I don't know, to Grind City Media maybe, which it should have been, right? So thoughts, I mean, is that in yeah. fact the case? And sort of, sort of your thoughts on that? No, I mean, it's, it's you know, we, we're an internal media wing, right? So we're, we're branded. You know what I mean? We're with the NBA.com and with the Grizzlies.com. And when it comes to contractual issues with players, um, you know, we, we don't, you know, it's, we're, we're governed by the collective bargaining agreement as well when you're within an organization, which is what Grind City Media is. But you bring in reporters who, who, who have long careers in dealing with sources and, and writing and reporting and breaking news. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thin line that, you know, I have to straddle when it comes to that. But in the case of Dylan Brooks, this is a guy that's at the end of his contract. You know what I mean? He's on an expiring contract. He's going into free agency. And it, it, it more than likely and probably was uh, communicated to him that, hey, we're going to move on um, and, and go in a different direction. So th- there's no – there's no you know, it, it was reported as if it was some animus and, you know, and it was done wrong. But at the end of the day, you know, if you know you're not going to be back, you want to be told that. And, and that way you can go ahead and – and, and, and get your affairs in order over the summer and, and start looking at these teams right now that could be potential suitors for you or that you're interested in. So that's helpful for Dylan um, with that being the case. And it's also helpful for the Grizzlies too. But I don't think it was re- – I, I think the unreal circumstances was a, was a little bit too far. Um, that wasn't quoted from anybody within the organization, and there really was no reason or is no reason for anyone in the organization to uh, to add that personal push to that. Because you never know, you might need this guy and this agent moving forward as it relates to other players you're going to be signing down the road and you know potential signing trades and all of those kind of things. So it, it would have made no sense at all to uh, cut off your nose to spite your face by saying under no circumstances. Um, and that was the reporter who, who, who used that term, not necessarily the source or, 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 or source he named or the organization. But having said all that, Donald, you know the bottom line is that it's, it, if, if I were a betting man, I would bet as much as I could, it will be on another team next year. Yeah, I mean, is that I mean, is that directly because maybe of the you know he he's brash. I like I had no problem with him mm-hmm. what he said bef- to LeBron James before uh, before in essence that ill fated game. I guess the the problem I had and continued he didn't speak to the media after the game. It's like he ran from that situation. Mm-hmm. I thought that was definitely the wrong move. I lost a lot of respect for him, you know, from that mm-hmm. perspective. I mean, did that have a lot to do with perhaps where, you know, the fact that he may not be with the team next year? Well, it, it revealed some accountability issues, right? I mean, you, you go out there and you say this, and then you, you don't, you know, you don't hold yourself or face the fire from or the backlash from what you generate. And, and one of the terms that – you know, the president of the organization, Zach Kleiman, president of GM, said was these were self, you know, self-created distractions, self-inflicted issues um, with Dylan and, and, and also with John Morant, frankly, you know, in March when he was suspended for eight games. Um, those are things that they did to themselves that, you know, it wasn't warranted. It wasn't the fans that drove them to doing something. It wasn't pressure from social media or, you know, uh, internal strife. It was, it was them going out on the limb on their own 
and creating a level of drama that didn't that wasn't necessary and, and couldn't be backed up. And in that case, you know, Dylan also was suspended, you know, twice this season after accumulating, you know, 16 technical fouls. So at a certain point, you're starting to hurt your team. And at a certain point, there comes a time when your talent and what you contribute, when that becomes offset by the burden that you're creating, um, then it's time to say, hey, you know, maybe this isn't going to work for us moving forward. And that's the case with relationships, business practices, you know, and, and uh, anything. I mean, and I think that's what – it wasn't one thing that did it for Dylan in terms of, um, you know, the team, you know, likely moving on and Dylan likely moving on. It's just a matter of he's, he's a free agent. And now both sides have choices about where they want to be. And it's not like anyone is obligated to be back with each other. They both have options. And, you know, it, it just looks like, hey, after six years, uh, maybe it's time to do something else. Now, granted, remember, Dylan was extended for a three-year contract by this same front office. So they respect what he's been able to do and the kind of player he developed himself into uh, over these last six years in Memphis because he came in as a 45th overall pick in the second round. Even though he was high profile coming out of Oregon, Pac-12 player of the year, went to the Final Four with the Oregon team, he was overlooked largely in that draft. 45th overall pick, and he came in and started 300-plus games, uh, has been a year-after-year starter in the organization and with the league. And he's going to have a place in the rotation moving forward too, so it's not over by any stretch for him. He just has to grow a little bit, and then both sides are going to gain from this. Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, talking to some NBA right now, specifically the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, which he covers. On a day-to-day basis, he joins us here on the program. What, Mike, has to be different for the Grizzlies moving forward? You're talking about a second seed losing in the first round last year. A bit of Mm -hmm. a disappointment, although I think if John Morant is healthy, we may be talking about Memphis going farther and Golden State not winning a championship. But what's got to be different for the 2023-24 season? That we won't, no one will be able to say that same thing for a third straight year next year because we said it two years ago. John Morant, Stephen Adams hurt in the playoffs throughout the year. Guys hurt, banged up, and they couldn't be at their strength, at their strongest when it came time to play in the postseason. We to this year, you know, Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark not able to play because of uh, earlier season injuries that kept them out the entire time. John Morant gets hurt again at the end of the season, is dragging another injury into the playoffs where he had to miss a playoff game. Um, so it's it's like, you know, rinse, repeat. And, and once you get to a certain point, it's like, all right, you can't do much about injuries. So you just hope you can avoid those things. But what you need to do is put yourself in position during the regular season where you've established enough continuity um, where if you are going to have some shortcomings, you know, just, just hope for better luck and play better and stronger during the regular season. And having said that, you're talking about a team that won back-to-back 50-win uh, seasons, number two seed both years, um, lost to the eventual champion Warriors last year. And the way this series is looking right now, it could very well be losing to the eventual champions again with the Los Angeles Lakers. I know we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but, you know, this is something where this team has to grow up. Desmond Bain, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. are 24, 23, and 23 years old. This summer the Grizzlies can extend Desmond Bain, and then they will have all three of those guys on uh, max extensions, so to speak, going in and, and solidifying that core for the next four years. And now you're saying, okay, what can we put around those guys um, to really take them to the next level? So they're still firmly within their prime uh, championship contending window. And uh, it, it just takes some off-season maturity and understanding that basketball is the number one important thing. Not, not relevance, not trash talk, not national TV exposure, not all of these other things that you – you know, that you talked about before. Now it's just about going out, winning games, and playing basketball. 
Mike Wallace is the senior editor of Grind City Media, talking some NBA and NBA playoffs here on the program. We'll step aside, take a break, come back, get Mike's thoughts on the current series. You've got it locked to the program. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. That's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to uh, WrestleMania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I always say representation is it's not a request, it's a requirement. And I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the granite stage them all in and be able to create history. It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you can get to it. <laughs> Man, you know what it's good? And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. Then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to Winston-Salem State University, uh, Black College. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up-close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melo. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Went to Salem State where I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re- we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. He called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So. 
I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still Beauty Football League has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a player for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row, real relevant radio. We're back. We're talking NBA. Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, joins us here on the program you can check out his great work, that of uh, his work and that of his colleagues at GrindCityMedia.com. Your thoughts, Mike Budenholzer out as the head coach of the Bucks. I mean, there were some rumblings prior to the Bucks winning that the year before, prior to the Bucks winning uh, that championship, yeah. that he may be out. And my thing is, when you start talking about X's and O's and maybe he's inept in some respects in that, then that that that's a whole a different conversation. I mean, the body of work in five years is really, really good. You got one championship. I mean, it's hard to win championships. Your thoughts on Budenholzer being out as the head coach in Milwaukee? You know, I've seen this before. I was asked about this earlier today by someone in the league, and I'm like, you know, we saw this in Atlanta as well. You know, got that team to 60 wins, uh, best record in, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, by far that year, they put four players in the All-Star game um, with that team. You know, that that, that was Paul Millsap and you know, uh, uh, Corver and uh, all of those guys. I mean, they just had a, a juggernaut of a regular season team. And he's been that way um, at both stops now. And then it's just something that happens in the playoffs where this 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 was the case where Giannis got hurt at the absolute wrong time. Um, but Giannis was hurt throughout the season. Middleton was missed the games during the season. Um, you know, they just couldn't stay healthy and have everybody they needed, but they still had the best record in the league. So to me, this, this is more of a, at a certain point certain personalities wear thin where they are. And Budenholz, you can't argue with his track record, his record, his, his success. He's a championship coach just a couple of seasons ago. But as, as was the case in Atlanta, there's some level of, hey, man, we've had enough. It's time for us to move on and, and just listen to a different voice. Um, you know, not everybody can just, you know, stay around the same coach and, be, and, and do it the same way year after year. Some guys just have, you know, they can only do two, three years at a time. And then they have to move on to somewhere else. And that seems to be Budenhoser's MO. I don't know what was the straw that broke the camel's back with this with it this year, but you're right. It seemed like when he won the championship, he was on the hot seat, despite doing everything that he's done. So he'll find another job somewhere, um, you know, if he wants. You know, he might want to take a season off or something and regroup. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, this is a guy you can't argue with the results that he's had everywhere he's gone. Um, the you know we've got these series going on. I want to get your overall thoughts on the Phoenix and uh and, and Denver series to this to this point. I mean, it, it's 
it, it's 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 tough to see what what happened to Phoenix at the beginning of the series with Chris Paul having the injury. Um, you and I both know Chris Paul well. We've seen him. We basically seen him play his way from a high school phenom all the way through, you know, a future Hall of Famer where he is now. But this is exactly what happened, um, you know, what, what was it, four, five, six years ago when he was with Houston and they had Golden State on the ropes. They should have beat Golden State um, and, uh, in, in that uh, playoff series. And then he came up with the hamstring injury and he couldn't finish that series. He was hobbled and, and couldn't come back and Golden State ended up winning and went on and established their dynasty from that standpoint, um, you know, further solidified their dynasty. So, you know, it's it's a combination of age, you know, those muscles and those hamstrings and groin injuries, when they happen at this point of the season, it's, it's tough to get back and get back to where you need to be. Same thing, um, you know, what, what we're seeing with Joel Embiid, too. He's going to have to find his rhythm while he's dragging a knee through uh, that series against Boston. But you asked specifically about Denver and, and Phoenix. Unfortunately, this is always going to be about what happened to Phoenix as opposed to the nation giving the respect to Mike Malone, uh, Nikola Jokic, and what that Denver Nuggets team has done all season long. They've been probably the most consistent team all year, um, holding on to that number one seed for, you know, for the better part of five months. And they're playing like they have a mission to win a championship now, not just get to the second round and see what happens. This team has everything they need uh, to go as far as they need to go. And when you look at their role players as well, um, this is a team that I don't see them giving this series away after taking a 2-0 lead initially. Uh, Phoenix could fight back, but at the end of the day, I think Denver has shown enough where they're ready to take that next step to the Western Conference Finals. And if they get there, then they're, they're, they're smelling their championship from that standpoint moving forward. Nixon Heat tied at one game apiece, uh, game three in Miami on Saturday. Uh, and, you know, I look at the – Jimmy Butler has been absolutely unbelievable. Obviously, he missed game two, and the Heat still had a real opportunity even though the Knicks – we're at full strength. How do you yeah. see game three going, particularly if Jimmy Buckets plays in this game? I, I see I see this series going, you know, back and forth. I think it's going to, all of them are going to come down to the last six minutes in the fourth quarter, and teams are going to have to make some plays. Because I think these are two evenly matched rosters, even though Miami is missing Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero for this series. So it's like Miami is missing some, some serious firepower on the wing, and they have to make up for it in other areas with these role players, with, with Max Struess, Gabe Vincent. You know, you're seeing all of these guys that are, that are playing around Bam Adebayo uh, and Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. So, you know, it's it's how far can Jimmy and Kyle push these guys? How far? How many games can Bam be consistent? Um, I do think that this is going to be a knockdown dragout series that's probably going to go to distance. Um, the series is going to shift to Miami, and this is one of those old school throwback series because we know the history that the Knicks and the Heat have going back to the 90s with Alonzo Mourning and, and, and Patrick Ewing and those teams, Van Gundy grabbing at the ankle and Pat Riley, and, and, and you're reliving that now. So you're seeing all of these old Knicks come out of the woodwork, and you're seeing the Heat side come out as well. It's an entertaining series, man. I'm just happy that Madison Square Garden uh, is, is showcasing some, uh, some playoff basketball for the first time in a long time. But I love this series. It reminds me of a 90s series, and I think Jimmy Butler is probably the MVP of the playoffs uh, to this point so far, if he could just get his, you know, get himself right, get his ankle right, and get back to what he needs to do, because they're going to need every cent, every bit of what he has to bring in this series. Last thought, Mike, and we appreciate the time. Follow Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, on Twitter at my Mike Check. Was it the right? The, the series is what it is, 
between the Celtics and the 76ers? Was it the right move to play Embiid in game two? I, I get why he did. Um, I would have I would have erred on the side of caution. You already got the one. I would have played it like Eric Spolster in Miami played game two in, in Madison Square Garden. Don't bring Jimmy back. Give him that extra rest. I would have did the same thing with Embiid. Let his first game back be at home where he knows the training table. He knows, you know, the facility. He knows the routine he needs to get in. There's also going to be some extra anxiety and, and, and nervous energy because he's going to be presented uh, the MVP trophy in, in game three right before that. So it was just more of a situation where there was so much more to bring him back for in that game. I get why they pulled the, you know, rolled, rolled it out there because they wanted to put their foot on Boston's neck. And if you go up 2-0 with the first two wins on the road, that series is essentially over. And then you can back in uh, what you need to do from that standpoint and get that series over and then get them some more rest. But I think it was a gamble. It didn't pay off. We'll see what he has left, uh, what he, how he can bounce back um, you know, in game three. But that series is another nip and tuck one where you know I think that one's going to go six or seven as well. Check him out at grindcitymedia.com. Also follow him on Twitter at MyMikeCheck. He is Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, joining us here to talk some NBA. Mike, we appreciate the time, and we'll talk with you real soon. Hey, thanks a lot, Donald. I appreciate it, man. Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, joining us on the program. Again, check out his work at grindcitymedia.com. Brings up some great points about Mike Budenholzer, uh, the head, the former now head coach of the Bucks, and I, I was I was surprised. I must I must say, but I mean there had been some rumblings, and and as Mike mentioned, you look at in Atlanta the success uh, he had in Atlanta, except for maybe the last year in Atlanta, and there were some rumblings again prior to the Bucks winning the championships. But I think when it comes down to an X's and O's situation, and I and I heard a lot. Uh, about that with him in terms of some of the X's and O's, some of the decision uh, decision making, it's it's hard to run from that. Now, as Mike mentioned, I mean there there could be a number of candidates out there. You've got a team that's ready to win the championship. I think you can look at coaching, and and there are a very few coaches, whether it's NBA, whether it's whatever league, whatever sport it is, that if you don't have the players, it's hard to really get over the hump. No doubt when you've got, you know, Antetokounmpo and you've got what Milwaukee has and and the Bucks organization probably feels like this is somewhat of a wasted season. Best record in the league and you go out in the first round against a team who was in the play-in. Now, again, as I stated last week, to me, this isn't your ordinary eight versus one upset, okay? The Heat, really good organization. Eric Spolstra, one of the great coaches in the league, and when it's all said and done, going to be one of the great coaches of all time. So it's not, you know, it's not like you're, you're it's again, as I mentioned, it's not a Denver beating Seattle back in the 90s. It's, a, it's, it's different this time around. But that said, and Antetokounmpo was hurt. You dealt with, you know, Chris Middleton being injured a good deal of the season. So it was a lot that was going on. So the next coach got to be, you know, if you, my thing is this, if, you, if you're if you going to fire someone, if you're going to let a coach go, 
Who's going to come in and replace that coach? He mentioned with right within the organization, one of the assistant coaches, and you, you never know who could be on the outside uh, that could be a coach. Would 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 the Bucks have considered uh, Ume Udoka as the head coach now? the head coach of the Rockets, even with the baggage, would they have considered him as the head coach? So, you know, a lot for the Bucks to think about. And really, I, I was surprised. I, 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 I did not see that coming, although, again, when you had these rumblings going back a couple of years ago, winning that championship bought him some time, bought Budenholzer some time to get to this point. Had the Bucks beaten the Heat, and even they're playing a, they would be playing a second-round matchup because they'd be playing the Knicks right now. And now, you know, I, don't, I doubt they would have lost to the Knicks, so it would have been a whole different narrative. So, listen, I can definitely understand where the Bucks were coming from. I definitely was surprised about that, but that's sort of the life. Uh, it's, it's, it's either you win or... Or you don't. That's why when people talk about stats and what this person did and how they shot from the field and all of this, all of this, at the end of the day, did you win or did you lose? And the Bucks lost in the first round, even despite whatever may have happened. But as was mentioned, um, Boonholes are definitely going to land on his feet. He'll he'll get another opportunity, no doubt about that you've got it locked to box to row i'm your host donald Ware. Uh, we've got plenty more to come on the program gonna talk some nba uh, the lakers and the warriors one to one with uh with game three going now uh, going to uh, la so that should be interesting and we'll talk more about that Thank you for making Box to Row a part of it. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Omari Hardwick, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or injured at work, you have rights, and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer, and we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case, and they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-425-6588 That's 800-425-6588 It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Golden State Warriors with a resounding 127 to 100 victory over the Lakers on Thursday in game two of their playoff series. And game three going to be played on Saturday in L.A. Anthony Davis has got to be better. He is he is so inconsistent. Game one. 
absolutely brilliant. What, 30 points, 20 in excess of 20 rebounds? Absolutely brilliant in that game. And he comes back and really lays an egg. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that there was anything that there wasn't really anything that the Warriors did differently. It's just that Davis has got to make shots. And this is something that we've been talking about on this program as it relates to Anthony Davis. You know, he's he's I mean, he's got to be better in that game. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers right now. I'm hit 11 points and seven rebounds, 11 points and seven rebounds in the game. That's not going to get it done. Okay. The in order for the Lakers to beat the Warriors, the Lakers are going to need all hands on deck. LeBron cannot do it by himself. Okay. And and yeah, Anthony Davis didn't play well, but the other players, D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, Austin Reeves, none of the other players played well either. And I, I don't think I saw this, I don't think I saw that coming. I knew that the Warriors would be energized, but I mean that was a that was a beatdown. Like it, I don't I mean it, it wasn't wasn't really close. It it was one of those games where it was all about the Warriors. Um and this is the thing, and I think rightfully so, in terms of what the Lakers did. And this is this is what's sort of puzzling. And this is why, I mean, if you're if you're Anthony Davis, and and, and I thought, you know, with Green being out there, um, um it, it it as opposed to Looney, because Looney was sick, I thought that made a little bit of a difference because now you're talking about a guy that is a little bit more agile can can give Anthony Davis some problems. But, I mean, if you're Anthony Davis, like, you got to – I mean, and then on the other – and the other thing was Green was able to score. He had, what, three three-pointers in the game. He was able to score some points on the other end as well. think the Lakers double-teaming Steph Curry definitely was the right move. I mean, it wasn't – it wasn't Curry's – I mean, it wasn't his greatest performance. But then again, I mean, listen, he had 12 assists in the game. He was finding – Clay Thompson, who was absolutely fantastic in the basketball game, 30 points in the game. Uh, a lot of these shots were tough shots. I think when you're talking about Clay Thompson, to me, you're talking about the purest, the purest shooter. Okay, maybe not the necessarily the best shooter, but the purest shooter in the league. Okay, he was hitting fallaway leaners, three points. He couldn't miss. Like he couldn't miss, and he was getting fed a lot from Curry, who had 12 points in the ball game. Now Steph still had 20 points, but he didn't have to carry the load. Okay, it was mostly Clay Thompson. But then, you know, you get 10 off the bench from Moody. You know, Draymond Green gives you an, gives you 11 with nine assists. You know, again, Green making the start gives you 15 points in the ball game. And while Andrew Wiggins wasn't great. He gave you 11 points, and he had to he had to he had to get some get it done defensively, a little bit as well. And what a series this is going to be! Um, but to me, I I, I got to get back to AD and and the consistency level. I mean, how is he going to come out for Game Three? Because if he doesn't play well, and and remember in Game One he played well not necessarily LeBron. So it to the point it starts with AD. And 
LeBron knows that. If you listen to the, the post-game press conference, when LeBron was talking about AD, and AD was sitting right there, and he was talking about him, and he also mentioned, which I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I understood what he meant. I guess when it's all said and done, he he talked about the Lakers organization always having a big man, whether it was Wilt or Kareem, Shaq, you know, even Michael Thompson. You know, if you want to go back to the Minneapolis Lakers with George Mikan, let's go all the way back there, right? There's been a big man, and he mentioned the history of the big men for the Lakers, and he talked about AD in the same breath with, the, well, he just, he talked about big men. But he also mentioned one day that Anthony Davis's jersey would hang in the Raptors. Okay, now that in of itself is interesting, but I, I mean, I can understand the sentiment if Anthony Davis plays the way that we've we know Anthony Davis can play when he's healthy okay but he's healthy now like we like you know my thing with him is he's just hurt all the time you can't really rely on him I saw a, a stat over the last three was it the last I think the last three years maybe I think the last three years he's missed like 140 some games averaged out to be whatever it was I, I forget may have been four years but whatever it was it averaged out to him missing 35 games a year that's a lot of games you can't help getting injured it's not it's not one of those deals where he is is maybe could play and and doesn't play and sits out and all of those things he just he's just injury prone but that's not what's happening right now okay ever since he's been back he's balled out he's played well for the most part but you can't have games like this. 11 points in the ball game? No. I mean, you you he's got to be better than that. If the if the Lakers have any chance of winning and what I think what LeBron was trying to convey is in terms of his jerseys be, being hung in the Raptors was that it, he was sending a message to AD. He was sending a message right there. Not I mean, does he really believe that? Eh, I don't know. I mean, I I think if if he plays the way that he's capable of playing, he could be. But I mean, you you got to figure with the injury history that AD's on the backside of his career at this point. Even though when he's healthy, my gosh, he's he's absolutely phenomenal. But I think LeBron was trying to send a message to AD in front of his face, and the message for Game Two was not received. Now, he said he'll be, be better, uh, just like he said that in the in the previous series uh, when he didn't do so well against Sacramento. And he said he'll be better. And, I mean, you got to think that he will be better. But, I mean, is it going to be enough? Is, you know, it, it, but not just him. Again, the other players. Russell has got to be better. I really like the game of Austin Reeves. He's got to be better. That bench has got to be better. Um, Schroeder has got to be he's got to be better. You know he's a, he's a key part of that of the team. He's got to be better as well. So you know Anthony Davis has got to be better. But that's a really really compelling series. Uh, I think it, it it depends. You know I I would say it goes seven if L A wins Saturday. 
If LA doesn't win Saturday, I don't think it goes seven. I think it goes six. And I think it I think it's three one before it becomes before the Lakers are able to get it to three two and then the Warriors are able to close it out. But A D and company have to be better in the ballgame. Talking about LeBron James with 23 points. I mean, Hachi Moore is doing his thing. I mean, you know, if you're a Wizards fan, all my all my Wizards fans uh, and, and our, our listeners even more specifically, uh, in Washington, you got to wonder, where was this? Where was this? Uh, and he had some games. I mean, he did have some games where he would put up these kind of points and these kind of numbers. But, I mean, he did his thing. But where, and LeBron James did his thing. Where was everybody else in this game? And it's got to be an all-hands-on-deck situation for the Lakers. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at at, uh, at dware one at dware one So we were, as we close it out, um, we were talking in the opening segment about the lack of HBCU players taken in the National Football League draft. Just one player, Isaiah Bolden, 200 and 45th overall by the Patriots in the sixth round, making just six players taken in the last four years in the National Football League draft. The NFL wants to tout what it last year after coming off a, a 2021 where not a single player was drafted. And, uh, I mentioned the op-ed piece that uh, Troy Vincent the vice president of operations for the National Football League wrote in the Fayetteville Observer. And I, I wonder what, what, what is the league going to say now? What is he going to say now? What is going to write an op-ed piece now? I mean, what, what, are you, what, what are you going to say? I mean, it's embarrassing. At least the National Football League uh, should be embarrassed. And I think, you know, I think, I think a lot of this, um, you talk about this HBCU combat, I mean, what is it really doing? Like, is, no, no players were drafted from it. You got a bunch of free agent signings. You got to figure that this year with all the free agent signings, you only have one player drafted. I mentioned last year you had four players drafted, but five players that signed uh, free agent contracts ended up making it to, um, in a, ended up making 53-man rosters. So you know that number's going to go up this year, you know, and all the talent level that that there is. Um, you know, it's... I mean, the league's got an issue with HBCU players being drafted. It's got an issue with the lack of black coaches. Um, the league's got issues. And now the league, the National Football League, is being sued for discrimination in the workplace by the attorney generals from the states of New York and California. Okay, so, I mean, <laughs> the NFL is getting hit from all sides. And, you know, but again, um, you know, and we'll see what happens there. We'll see what that lawsuit, I don't know all the particulars with respect to that uh, particular lawsuit. I know one thing. I know it's got to be better. Things have got to be better. And I mentioned the examples. You can talk, you know, people may may make the argument about the lack of talent in HBCUs, uh, no, there's talent. And if you can sign guys as undrafted free agents, then you can also draft those guys as well. We can take this offline. Hit me up at dware one at dware one My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, for joining us today on the program. I wrote about this 
and you can check out my piece about the lack of players being drafted out of HBCUs at box2row.com. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box Toro is produced by DW Communications. Way on my way to Brooklyn. Hello, good looking. Miss Lessie Chicken on the A train. Picking out a brain. I couldn't get a number. Couldn't get a name.